everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spiteri. We are in 2022, the first show of the year, and I'm happy to be joined by my good friends, uh, two, of the, two of the coolest guys in the Metroid scene, and what makes this podcast spin around and around. Uh, Dakota Lasky, Doomital Crossing, how are you gentlemen? How was your Christmas? Was Santa good to you? And do you have anything fun that you would like to share <laughs> That you did on New Year's. Wow. What an introduction, man. Um, well, hey, I'm, I'm happy to be on this show with a, a good Metroid friend and friends as well. So, you know what? It's been great. We're almost at episode 100, too, by the way, which is hype as hell. Um, yeah, I had a pretty good New Year, pretty good holidays and whatnot. Saw some family, saw some friends, did a little skiing. Otherwise, uh, you know, back at it and whatnot. So here we are. Another year of wow uh, of the show and like i said get into that episode 100 which is hype so yeah i'm doing pretty good man yeah um, i have some ideas for episode 100 too i didn't mean to cut you off doom but uh i have i have an idea that i'll pitch you gentlemen after the show and then there's gonna be some cool stuff coming as well around the time that episode 100 launches so uh keep keep it tuned to uh to omega for that De- uh, doom i'm sorry i cut you off so no, it's all good special guy. special event for the triple digits it's all understandable uh yeah uh, i don't know if i make the show go round and round maybe maybe uh 45 degree angles 90 degree if we're if we're being nice but you know you know i i like to do what i can you know when i can uh my christmas uh really good christmas not gonna lie i kind of got spoiled this year um, nice. Not the bad, not bad spoilers like No Way Home spoilers, but like like good the good kind of spoils like like lots of cool gifts. I got uh, the Halo Infinite physical campaign. I got some cash. Got some uh, new CDs to add to my music collection because I'm still a boomer that likes physical music. And yeah, that was all good. And then New Year's, uh, Omicron ruined all my plans, so I got drunk and played Halo with some friends, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, there you go, there you go. You know what? I uh, I'm actually looking at some cds in my desk i i they're mostly for decoration at this point because like i have all my music digitally but like i'm looking at about i don't know probably like 20 cds or so cases just sitting on my desk some classic cds in there so i'm kind of with you in that regard no shame in that yeah i'm I'm proud to say that i don't own any cd roms or discs at all Ever. Well, no, I guess I still have some of my old game discs, but I don't have any like music discs, I don't think. So Yeah, I think that these boom. are from like many, many, many years. Like these are from my my childhood. Uh, although I did make an exception, I think three-ish years ago, I bought a CD for like the first time in forever. I bought uh, the new Mike Shinoda CD. So that's, <laughs> I think that's the last, uh, the latest CD to my copy. Yeah, here, now I'm thinking like where my old CDs would be. Cause I don't even know. Do I, do, I'm gonna list off some some of the ones I'm looking at. So I'm looking at Jay Z, The Black Album. I'm looking at okay. Power Numbers, Jurassic Five. Of course, Under My Skin, Avril Lavigne. Got like four that's the, Park that's CDs the in here. Big Pop. The other two were better. Oh come on, man! Avril Jurassic just... Five, man. Yeah, yeah they're giving um, me some Tony Hawk Underground flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, there's even the Final Fantasy IX soundtrack just sitting in here, just doing its thing. So. Uh, yeah, shout out to that. But uh, yeah, we uh, I'm glad that all you guys had a good Christmas and a good New Year. And um, I'm looking forward to another great year of, uh, of Metroid content. And, and who knows what this year is going to bring us. There's been rumors swirling around. And, you know, we, we know that we have 
Metroid Prime 4 somewhere on the horizon. I don't know if this is the year that we finally see it or if it isn't. But We're absolutely uh, seeing it this year. Like, I do, I do not have okay. a single doubt in my mind. Okay. Wait, well, when do you Put think my we're bank- seeing it? Uh, we're seeing it at E3. Put my bank account statement on the line for that one. I'm I'm going all in. We got a lot of cash for okay. Christmas, so I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're ready to go. Ching, ching buddy. Um, all right. Well, okay. Well, you heard it there. Doom is is full throttle head that we're seeing Metroid Prime Four. I'm not as uh, optimistic. And actually, just I'm completely side railing the show here. Before I was we gonna get say, didn't we do this episode already? Metroid. Well, <laughs> I, this I just episode completely different. But I want your guys' opinion on this. So I, re- I did something, uh, I recorded a show yesterday, and I don't actually even think that we're getting Breath of the Wild 2 in 2022. I think that's slipping to 2023. And on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say the likelihood of that happening is? Honestly, I say it's a coin flip, so I'm going to put it at a 5. Uh, Breath, okay. of, Breath of the Wild in 2023? I mean, yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, I'm also 50-50 on that. Could go either way. I think, uh, you know, I went to like six out of six out of ten that it was coming in 2022. So I'm a little bit more positive, but I was just like, man, you know, every Zelda game ever gets delayed, obviously. And this one probably already has been delayed. But like, is it really that implausible to think that, you know, our our mortal enemy COVID-19 isn't done with us and gonna... They're saving it for the Switch Pro, man. They're saving it for I, the next system in 2023 or 2024. It'll launch or along whatever, Metroid I Prime 4. I, I, I would call play it last it. episode Metroid Prime. New uh, Metroid Prime. New Metroid Prime. <laughs> yes. No, I had a cool subtitle for it. What no, was it? you didn't. You didn't actually. I don't remember it because it wasn't cool. It was like Metroid Prime it, Revelation. It was Metroid something. Prime 4 and then a subtitle, right, Andy? No, no, he doesn't want a number. No, that's his cool. problem is he doesn't want a number. No, it's not Metroid Prime Return. That that's that would be oh, cool. That would be cool. There's money. already a game called Samus. Oh my. There's already a game. I'm you sorry. Smell that? It's I'm not going to get worked oh. up. It's already it's uh Okay, back on the Zelda thing. Here, no. Here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. If we do not see any hint of Breath of the Wild 2 even a tease in the next Nintendo Direct, it's getting pushed back to 2023. If they do show it, if they do show like a little tease in the direct hinting for the E3 reveal, then I think it's still releasing this year. That's what I, I will say regarding it. Yeah. I, I made a bet actually with my Zelda co-host, Allison Aletha about if, uh, if we would see a little tease at the, at the latest Nintendo direct, which is probably coming in like February or March. Cause like they got to give us the title. Like you don't even know what this game is called. It's right? going to be like, breath of the wild Two or shadow of the breath of the wild or rise of I, the breath of the wild. I would stick my head Something out like that. my window right now in minus 27 degrees Celsius weather and scream if this game was called Breath of the Wild 2. That would be so awful. I would, I would, I'm would. i down for that. I'm down for two breath, two wild. Let's do it. <laughs> breath okay, of the Wild, uh, Tokyo maybe, Drift. Maybe I can make an exception. In the Hylian Cycle. Tokyo Drift. Breath of the Wild, Tokyo oh, Drift. This time, it's personal. They got family involved. Yeah, it's about Link's family. He has a family in the new game, right? Like that's a thing. He can he can have a family. Has he ever had a like a dad? We know Link's dad. Uh, he's had an uncle. Yeah, he's had a grandma in Wind Waker. He's had a grandma and a sister. Oh yeah, a grandmother uh, and Wind Waker. I do remember that. And the sister. Yeah, I I think that's it. I think that's about we it. need like we I'm need not... like a family drama, like like mad cousins and whatnot, like Soprano style. Sorry, go on. 
This this is our first <laughs> Omega Metroid podcast of the year, and already it is just absolutely. You know, with speaking, the, you the say that because I was I was gonna bring up for the uh, the hundredth episode. I wanted to read some of the reviews of the show that are that are on the various platforms, and the reason I said that is because I've read some of those reviews, and most of them are complaining about me. But there's one um, about not me getting worked up about stuff, and I was thinking in my head, all right. It's a new year. I'm not going to get super worked up. And then I just did over your dumb Metroid Prime Returns thing. So, like, I already broke that. <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm sorry to that one person who is not a fan. I will, I'll try to rein it in. But um, what were we talking about? Let, let, let's <laughs> let's we, get we back. We weren't in. talking about, about anything. We're just, let's get the, into the this episode. The train is just crashing here. Um, you know what? Before, one last thing before we get into the show, and I promise this is the last thing, but... Uh, Kind of as Dak was just saying there, there were so many uh, amazing reviews that were uh, that were posted about Omega. Uh, you know, if it was on Spotify or, or Apple or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like there's there's so many kind words out there. We met so many great friends in the last year that uh, we just want to say that we appreciate it all. We appreciate all of you guys uh, sticking through this this goofiness of, of the first couple minutes of our shows and. Uh, you know, being on this ride with us, so it's it's been a heck of a it's a heck of a time, and um, I've had uh, I've had a lot of fun. So I just want to thank everybody that uh, that listens, that reviews, and that that hangs out with us in Discord. Uh, you're all very much appreciated. So just wanted to make that known. But now that we have shilled and uh, dilly dallied for a little bit here, let's get to the actual show here. And we wanted to start the new year off with kind of a a positive vibe a, a look back at the the biggest thing to happen to metroid certainly in 2021 arguably arguably maybe ever since metroid prime or maybe just ever in general um and that of course is metroid dread um and we wanted to talk about some of our favorite moments from this game we're gonna bounce around because i'm sure that a lot of us listening and certainly us three have a lot of the same stuff here and then we're gonna kind of thought experiment what it would have been like if metroid dread would have released originally as intended on the nintendo ds and how that might have changed the trajectory in the course of the metroid series and it's worth noting too actually uh there's a new video that came out i want to say yesterday or two days ago as this uh as we're recording this and it's from did you know gaming and it's an extensive breakdown into the history of metroid dread and whatever and I watched that, and there's it was really interesting. And, and the thing that caught me by surprise, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch it yet, but the thing that caught me by surprise is actually when um, when Mercury Steam came on board to potentially get involved with the Metroid franchise, they basically pitched, like, uh, essentially a remake of Metroid Prime Hunters. Did you guys know that? No, I haven't watched the video yet, but what? Wait, yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna, now yeah. I'm watching that. I'm watching that right after this. No lie. Yeah, I I was uh, I wasn't really expecting that. It wasn't a remake per se, but it was the same idea. First person shooter. You were you know you could uh, control a bunch of different uh, bounty hunters. So, oh my god. Yeah. Even in the campaign oh too, god. not just the multiplayer. Yeah. So it really really fascinating stuff. Uh, maybe we'll cover the information in that video long form already. A lot of it is is kind of rehashed what we covered in our previous metro dread episode that uh, that came out before metro dread was a real game again in 2021 lots of really good stuff there but let's let's flip it over to the game that was uh my game of the year for last year for sure by by comfortable margin metro dread 
Let's talk about some of our favorite moments. Doom, you've been saying that you've been playing, you've beaten this game so many times that, you know, you've lost count. I think I've played about 20 hours of Metroid Dread this week alone. So I am ready to delve in and absolutely uh, just share some of my love and appreciation for this game because the more I play it, the more it grows. So um, how about we? How about you start us off, Doom? Get us get us kicked off with one of your top moments from this game. We don't have to go in any particular order if you don't want. We could just kind of shoot about Metroid Dread and uh, see where it takes us. All right, well, I'll just I'll just start off with the big thing, and I know this is on your list too. Well, I'm I'm looking at your list, so I know it's on there. By, but even if it wasn't way, on your list, even if it wasn't on your way, list, I'd know it was way. there. Go for we're it. We're gonna we're gonna put this out there for the last time because after this, if you got Metro Dread for Christmas, I, I think everybody that has played Metro Dread that wants to play Metro Dread has played it by now. So this is the last time that we're gonna say this, but there is a spoiler warning. And after this show, after this day. We're just going to talk about Metroid Dread, assuming everyone that listens to this show has probably beaten Metroid Dread, and if you haven't, then you've probably been avoiding any shows about Metroid Dread. So, this is the final warning, this is the final chance to uh, to skip out before we spoil Metroid Dread forever and ever, because after this, we're not, we're not going to say spoilers anymore, it's just, we're going to talk about the watermelon and everything else. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm so beyond Metroid Dread spoilers, I'm, I'm on the fence... I might even say some Spider-Man spoilers at that point. Like, you know, like I'm <laughs> I'm already Whoa, at this hold point. Let's now. start talking. No. Let's start be that talking. Guy. No, I, would, I, I, I agree, but this isn't the podcast for that. This isn't no, the podcast I, I for would, that. I wouldn't do that. I just, <laughs> this it has is a ceasefire zone for Spider-Man spoilers. No Spider-Man spoilers, because admittedly, I did get spoiled very, very, very slightly. And then the next day I went to go see it. So um, it is a movie you need to see yourself. I will. I would not. I would definitely not do that. But Dread? Dread's been out for a little bit. I think we're good. Maybe that'll be a topic for virtual theater. But anyways, uh, back back on to the favorite moments. So Andy, even if this wasn't on your list, I knew that it would be something that would pop up anyway. Because it's something that we've just absolutely gushed about. But oh my goodness, the speed booster in this game oh, is... Man. I mean, it is a Vincent Van Gogh um, work of art, if you ask me. <laughs> um, it's, it's absolutely perfect, perfection. It's absolutely beautiful in every sense of the word. I didn't think after Metroid Zero Mission it could get any better than this. Like, I was su- I was super hyped when I found out that the speed booster was in this game because, again, I didn't watch any of the trailers, so I had no idea what to expect or not, so it was a nice surprise to see that appear in the game. But I was like, okay, obviously, this maybe it'll be on level with Metroid Fusion or something like that. There's no way it's going to even come close to Zero Mission, and it actually surpassed that, and, it, and it's not even close, really. This is by far the supreme version of the speed booster there's so much additional tech that you can do not just with metroid dreads new abilities with like the sliding and all that but you can jump while speed boost you can go in and out of morph ball while speed boosting you can wall jump and still maintain your speed boost and there's so many cool things you can speed boost on a breakable block and crouch at just the right moment break the block and still retain your speed booster charge oh my gosh it's so satisfying when you um get all that and you chain all everything together and then, um, and then they use these abilities um, together in all the puzzles, and there's different ways you can solve the puzzles. So it's kind of like Breath of the Wild, almost in a sense, where there isn't you're not just limited to one solution. And it's just, it's so much fun to use, and everything just coalesces and meshes together wonderfully. Yeah, yep. I, I you know what, I had on my list like some of the speed boost puzzles, but I think what I'm really saying, just to echo you, is like. 
you know, the speed boost in this game is awesome. It's so good. It's it's far and away, you know, the absolute best version of the speed boost that is that has ever existed. I think that it's it's not even close. Um, and it was really nice to see that come back. Like after, especially after they skipped it in Samus Returns. I know that you had the uh, that one ability that kind of slowed down time that that served as like kind of a makeshift speed boost. But really, that just made everything else slower, and it's not as satisfying. So like, man. The way that you can use your momentum in this game is is so incredible. And like all of those crazy shine spark puzzles. Like if you've heard me talk mapping Metroid or you've heard me talk like expansions or whatever, like you know that I'm like a big go and get a hundred percent of the items kind of guy. So yeah, I, I absolutely just man, this speed boost is something else. Uh, all the puzzles in this game are just absolutely killer. So yeah, that this is one of the best things about the game. Probably about the gameplay, it might be the best. Maybe story has a few different uh, beats that it can take, but in terms of actual gameplay, like this is pretty, this is pretty high up there. Agreed. I think a better comparison to Samus Returns actually would be the Spider Spark, where you activate it with the Spider Ball and the Power Bomb. But even then, it's still much better because the Spider Spark in there, it was limited to only one directional input, and you can't store charge and use your momentum to like go around the map with it. It's a, basically a one-time use thing. Uh, and most people don't even know that it's in the game. Yeah, it's true. It took me. It took me so long to figure That's out. Samus that Return technique. spoilers so... for some people. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah, but, I, yeah. you know, I would I would agree that once you get past like the new kind of input, I guess, for like using the speed booster and kind of how it's implemented into the game, it feels really good. I wouldn't agree that it's the best implemented gameplay mechanic because, and it's on my list, the flash shift for me is that kind of thing and in com you know in conjunction with like the speed boost or whatnot just makes this game feel so cool but the fl i think getting the flash shift this might even be on some of your lists uh that is that's where i felt the the formula was starting to change more significantly because i mean you know the you you've had like speed booster and shine spark in previous games and even though it wasn't in like samus returns it's been there almost all the time so in that way like it's coming back. It's been kind of like uh, reinvented a little bit, but otherwise it's still a mechanic that we're familiar with. Whereas the flash shift felt like such a departure from how you normally control Samus. And it just really felt like an evolution of the game that we were hoping for before Dread came out. So I, I, I agree with that, what everything uh, you guys just said, but for me, the biggest like gameplay addition was, and I've talked about this in the show before, just how much I love the flash shift in terms of, you know, the uses you get out of it, how much you can explore and, and how much it changes the combat. It gives you more control over Samus. And then when you pair it up with other abilities, it feels even better. So that's my pick for, for best gameplay edition. I'll say for the flash shift, um, while I definitely, for me, the speed booster is my favorite new edition, I have to agree with you. The flash shift is definitely, I think, the biggest game changer in terms of how you approach the game, and especially in regards to the combat, because... When it comes to 2D Metroid combat, I always thought that was one of the weaker aspects of the series. I felt like combat was, like it shined in boss battles on occasion, but in the general traversal, you know, it was more about movement, not necessarily about combat with general enemies. Mm -hmm. But the flash shift kind of improves that across the board uh, in both general traversal and boss fights. And actually, it actually reminded me a lot of how combat is handled in Doom Eternal, where you're basically, you're trying, you're dashing around the map, dodging and weaving enemies while, while hot swapping to different weapons, um, for enemies, depending on um, what the best way to kill them is. And you kind of do, 
Uh, you don't you don't really do as much hot swapping in Dread as you do in Doom Eternal, but you do a lot of dodging and weaving because of the flash shift, and it makes the combat. A lot, first of all, it just looks cooler in action, but it also it feels it keeps you too. on your yeah yeah, and it also it keeps you on your toes, but without getting you too sweaty. If that makes sense, like it keeps you it keeps you warmed up. You you don't fall asleep if that makes sense. But you can definitely get sweaty, which I love about it too. Like if you really yes. want it, like, and that's the thing is that it also opens up like you were talking about like the enemy and boss diversity because now you have a Samus who can move around a lot more so you can have enemies that can move a lot more and who can attack larger portions of the screen at the same time because you can get out of the way more easily and have a higher average speed than you do in other Metroid games. So it opens up not just like that gameplay department but also how the enemy encounters can you know advance as well change that up too. And when I first got the flash shift like I, I don't know. I feel like everyone did this. You get it. You just boost the cr back and forth over and over. You're like, oh, this is so cool. Like the, finally getting an air dash in Metroid. I felt like that was just the a the actual getting of the flash shift and then just like abusing it real quick and, and running around with it and using it really liberally and and mashing it over and over and over again to like, all right, now I got to keep playing. Like that was such a cool moment. And yeah, it felt like the uh, a really significant, uh, I guess, moment of a shift in no pun intended in terms of how the the game plays for the franchise uh yeah i i agree with pretty much everything you say and i guess the only thing that i can add to that is that the flash shift isn't just good for combat um i also find it like incredibly useful for traversal as well just in terms of like getting to one area quicker or kind of using it as like a little bit of a like sometimes you can you can jump up and wall jump and then flash shift and you can get to areas that you just wouldn't be able to get to otherwise. So it's mm -hmm. it's a really useful tool for for being able to traverse the map. So it's kind of like an, an all you know encompassing power up that really it really does change the way that uh, you can navigate, fight enemies, everything like that. So it's it's a much welcome addition, and I can't imagine that there would be you know a Metroid game without it now, right? Like yep. I, I just can't I hope imagine not. Them taking it away. Um. So to, to keep on the uh, the gameplay kind of specific uh, things about Metro Dread here, I have a very simple one, but uh, it brought me immense satisfaction. And uh, I'm sure, like you gentlemen, uh, I saw the game over screen probably about a thousand times when the Emmys would just like plunge their, their daggers into my soul. But uh, man, the first time that you counter an Emmy and you pull it off is so good. It's so good. It makes me feel like I'm like the best Metroid Dread player ever. And particularly when you do it the second time, like when you do the spin kick, like the first one is definitely easier when the when the Emmy is like, you know, coming with its hand and, and coming towards you. The second one for me, I found is a lot harder. So being able to counter those is like just such a, it's a small thing, but just immensely satisfying every single time. Love it. Yeah, I have a lot of clips on my Twitter of some pretty uh, clutch counters in my various playthroughs, especially especially during the Omega Cannon section. So it's like a counter and then a quick kill, and so those are always super satisfying. Even to this day, now that I've gotten more adjusted to a lot of those counter timings. But yeah, especially like during your first playthrough when it felt like you had to be frame perfect. Like oh, those were just unreal. Like those really like uh, got that got the hair standing up on my arms. Yeah, those are so good. Um I'm going to, all right, let's keep it going here. I'm going to give you another one. And it's kind of going to mix story and gameplay. But uh, th this was revealed before 
Metro Dread officially launched. But dude, when I saw the trailer and I saw Kraid come back, I was just like, oh my god, this is absolutely 10 out of 10 already. Because this, this guy, Kraid, hasn't been seen in like 15 years since he last showed up as Zero Mission. I don't know what he's been doing. He got captured by Ravenbeak and he brought, was brought to ZDR. Uh, I don't, you know, for me, I didn't care how he got there. It was just so cool seeing him. And then, like, the amount of ways that you can damage and kill Kraid is, like, just staggering. So, if you sequence break, you can get the bombs early. You can go and you can just get shot right from the Morph Ball Launcher into his disgusting, pussy belly button and bomb him and blow him up. It kind of reminds me of how you could beat uh, Dragon with the Grapple Hook in Super Metroid. Or, if you have the Flash Shift early... You can just use his little scale things and climb them and get up to the top. Flash shift over to his mouth and then like you're inside of there just peppering him with missiles. There's so many creative ways to fight Kraid. Um, I know that it's like maybe a more simple boss fight compared to some of the other fights that we see in this game. But the fact of like just that it's Kraid coming back and you know, you know, for someone like me that grew up playing Super Metroid was like super awesome uh to see him back and then like all the different creative ways that you can deal damage to this guy just is like such a highlight for me of metroid dread yeah I all right i guess agree. i'll speak since no i was uh <laughs> sorry i was muted for a second no uh, well i mean he well i was also enthralled by andy's love for kraid and um no i 100 percent agree i think at this point i've definitely kind of like i don't really care like how he kind of got there, even though I wish there was a better reason for it, but it's it's fine. I think at the end of the day, like it was a really awesome uh, return for a beloved character who is very memorable, even if they don't show up very often. So having Kraid come back and be part of the you know Metroid franchise proper and be relevant again in the modern games is really cool. And yeah, it's not like a, a very hard or difficult boss or anything. But you can get creative with it. And I think that's, you know, because Kraid is an earlier boss, like it was pacing wise, it made sense to not be, you know, have Kraid be over the top. And it also kind of played into showing Samus as a really strong character as well. And not even just from like the cutscene, but like Samus comes in just like demolishes Kraid, has no problem dealing with Kraid, and is not even scared even remotely, which is what we kind of want to see from her character. So. Overall, I was really happy with the presentation and and happy that Kraid returned. And maybe Kraid will return again in 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 another form. Maybe show up as Meta Kraid, which is still the the one Kraid return I want to see. And I would have popped. Actually, that's the one thing I maybe would have changed. If it was Meta Kraid for some reason, I'd just be like, hell yeah! Like if we're like just just go all out. Who cares? Why? Just make it happen. So I, overall, I really like this as well, and I was happy you liked it, but also happy that it seemed to be a very well received thing. And, and I think also kind of helped the the advertising of the game as well, because Metroid fans made it like very clear that this was kind of like a serious deal and was a significant thing for this character to come back. So people who knew who Kraid was, or people who already knew who Kraid was, obviously hyped. People who didn't, like, oh, everyone else is hyped for this. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. So yeah, definitely cool. Love to see Kraid back, and hopefully it's not the last time. Uh, yeah, um, the Kraid fight, you know, when I first did the Kraid th fight, I thought it was, I thought it was decent, but the more I've played the game, the more I've really started to enjoy and appreciate it. Like, um, like you mentioned, Dak, it's not as over the top as some of the other boss fights, but I think, like, for a Kraid fight, and, like, 
what we've gotten before. I do think that like they took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I, I still do kind of wish there was a little more because I think my biggest thing with the fight is that you you basically do the exact same thing that you did in Super Metroid and Zero Mission. You climb the spikes, hit him in the mouth, and then he dies. But now there's like some more yeah. flair and pizzazz to it, which which I think is fine. I do kind of wish that there was like a different phase of the fight where you were doing something different. Like maybe we could see like a full body crate where he's not like submerged partly under the ground or something like that. But that aside, I it's a really cool visceral fight, a really awesome callback. Uh, it was the one thing that I was spoiled on before Dread was released. Definitely not the worst thing to be spoiled on, but I do kind of wish that wasn't in the trailers. I know I'm in the minor- minority on that, but it's whatever. Most, More importantly of all, spoiled or not, it's a dope fight. Uh, really cool to see him back. And yeah, don't have much else to add to that. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep it going here, Ed, and I'm going to move... Uh, slightly more towards the uh, the story here, and maybe actually I'll just say it, and then Dak, you can take it away because I'm sure that this is on your list as well. But okay, the moment when you first get to Elon and you venture into the depths, and wouldn't you know it, the X are alive and well. That was such a cool moment to see the X come back and to see them in like 3D and HD and uh, just uh, moving around and. It was super, super cool, you know. Forever, people have talked about a Metroid Fusion remake. I still think it's going to happen, but in many ways, like, this was pretty close to a Metroid Fusion remake. And then, of course, the uh, the moment later in the game when you're fighting one of the bosses, uh, Esku, oh. there's, a, there's a wicked surprise there as well. Yeah, that, I mean, once you... I, I think there's actually a moment before you get to that port in uh at that point in elon where you fight a chozo soldier and then it's revealed they're kind of like an ex-parasite but it's not the full reveal if i remember correctly it's like yeah when you get to the actual area and they you open that door and they start flying out and you start going through the hallways and they're flying around like i think it's one thing to have like allusions to the x and maybe x you know infected enemies show up but to actually see them floating around exactly like they did in fusion with the same kind of you know, lofty, like, lightness and levitivity and how they fly around, that little sound effect and act, like, the same kind of gameplay encounter. That, that, oh, that was so good. And then, yeah, the Eskew fight. I mean, that's, I think I clipped that on my stream, and that was one of my favorite moments of my original playthrough, and just one of my favorite moments of Dread, period, is when you kill Eskew and it becomes a Corax. And that, I, I just, because, again, it's also, you know, it's one thing to bring the X back, but then to also go, you know, add the X enemies, add the core X, like, do everything as you would, like, from an original, you know, from the original, from Metroid Fusion, like, that just spoke to me. That was so hype. It's like, it's still a core X. I actually can't believe I got that excited for a core X. <laughs> like, that's how happy I was just to see some more Fusion stuff and, and bring that kind of stuff back, because, you know, Fusion's my favorite 2D Metroid, and... Seeing those elements come back in, in full, you know, like a modern game in full 3D, just, just so sick. The core, even though it was like one of the weaker boss fights, that boss fight, I think, ranked up a little higher for me because of the core X element to it. Like, that was just so sick. And again, the core X comes back and you fight it the same way. And it's oh, so good. They they nailed that. So, yeah, the X getting uh, loose from Elon also on my list as i as i posted on our on the discord so you can now see it um <laughs> so it's, it actually wouldn't be a surprise to you and I'm, it really shouldn't be because i think i've talked about how uh happy i was to see this but in both accounts both the x and the the core x so 
yeah, these were both two major moments for me and both on my list as well. I think what that, works that Corex moment. Whew. Yeah. Whew. I think what works so well to me about the X reveal is that there isn't like this big bombastic buildup as well. You open the door and then it's just there, like yeah, right there just in, fly in front of you. There's no like, there's no like big like, yep. like big awing orchestral theme or any like buildup. It's just it just comes at you. It's just a part of the it's just a part of the game now, and it integrates itself into the gameplay so seamlessly. And I just think. That is so well done, and then of course the core X pop. I think we, I think all of us popped off when uh, when we first saw the core X appear. That was so like sick. it was just such a cool, cool, unexpected surprise. Uh, that is an example of fan service done right, I think. I, and you know what? It really shouldn't have been a surprise because I think that the X, like, really they even in Elon, like they were redone quite faithfully. You know, they they moved like X, they turned into enemies like X, they they morphed like X into different enemies if you just let them you know, linger for too long. It was all very faithful, but yeah, still, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting to see that Core X pop up. So it definitely made that fight just be like, whew, this is, this is sweet. So yeah, that was a definite, uh, that was a definite pop for sure. Um, but I'm just going to go down. Uh, actually, you know what? Here's, here's a big pop too. This was another one that was uh, kind of not spoiled, but it was shown in the uh, promotional material for Metroid Dread. But I mean, you know, the first time seeing that that Ravenbeak and Samus fight, it was so good in the opening. Uh, man, just seeing—I mean, first of all, seeing a living, breathing Chozo is like just so incredibly awesome. But seeing, you know, what we had been calling the Dark Chozo from Samus Returns pop up and, and play an integral role in the game, and just—I I really liked actually the the plot of Ravenbeak. I know that that's uh, maybe hit or miss among us, but I thought that the general among idea us. for him was good. I thought that like the fight scene was awesome. That was just like a, such a cool moment for me to see, and it kind of doubled in a way too that it was like during that fight you saw Samus be like vulnerable but also self assured and like just kind of exhibit the mannerisms that I think that we would hope for coming from Samus. And and so that was kind of like uh, another indication, like this is how this version of Samus is going to be. So that, that whole sequence, the opening fight with Ravenbeak is like, a, it still gets me. And it's incredible that that's in like the first two minutes of the game. Yeah. Though to be fair, the first encounter is not really much of a fight. I mean, Samus kind of, Samus kind of gets bodied the first time she runs into Ravenbeak. It is a really cool sequence, though. And, yeah, the end fight is really awesome. Um, I, I I see it's not on your list, but I was surprised because I thought you'd be... I thought you put it on your list when, when Ravenbeak's uh, bird wings, like angel wings, come out or whatever, which I thought was really... Oh, uh, that was pretty cool. Well, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. See, I thought it was really funny <laughs> because I was like, why is this happening? Um, because it's, it's so, like, on the nose. It's like, oh, the Chozo are birds. Therefore, this guy literally has big raven wings, which I, oh, which I, cool. <laughs> I was like, it, it gave me like the Sephiroth vibes. Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I thought that was really funny to me, which it's not on my list as a favorite moment, but I guess it should be because it made me laugh. And it's making me laugh now as I talk about it. So I was surprised <laughs> I didn't see it on your list as just a cool thing, but I guess I'll, I'll chalk it up as meant to be on the list. Yeah, I'm gonna say the um, the opening cutscene. I mostly like it. The one and God, this is gonna sound like 
such a minute nitpick. But like, so Samus walks out of the elevator and she's facing dead center of the bridge where Ravenbeak is. And she doesn't react. Then she looks to the right, then she looks to the left, and then she looks to the center again. And then she puts her gun up. Because she sees Raisin Beak. Raisin Beak. Raisin Beak. Raisin Beak. That's his name. Now. Raisin Bran. <laughs> Raisin Robe. That, that is a that is a small minute detail that I I don't care about. I think that that's there are funny. other minute details in this game about that you could probably complain about, like the fact of how Samus like just shows up on like a Chozo ship and just sticks her arm cannon into it, doesn't think about it at all. It's like, yep, this is definitely not going to hack my system or. Drain me of energy or anything. It's a nav system on this evil. I Chozo mean, she stuck plane. her gun in plenty of other foreign tech on the and planet. Like, agree- what's one and, more? Thing? And similarly, <laughs> similarly, she shouldn't have done that either without a little bit of forethought. But hey, I'm not the one writing this. But uh, yeah, I, I also agree. That's I would say that's I think it's a valid but still minute observation. It's not that big of a deal, but it's something I notice anytime I watch the cutscene. It's just like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it. Let's keep it going here, Dak. Uh, this is. I'll throw it over to you. What you got? Okay. Um. So this is one of my favorite parts of the game. Earlier, I think before than we've talked before anything we've talked about already, and that's the uh, thermal room escape in Artaria. That's I think one of the coolest gameplay moments of the game. It's when you're getting out of there. I think the second time you go into Artaria, and there's like a bunch of debris falling and and flame bursts and fire all over the place. You got to shoot your way out a little bit. And I believe it's just before you get the very uh, the very suit. suit, yeah. yeah. So uh, thematically, look at that. That makes sense. But uh, I thought that was such a cool like I lo- I love it. Like that's one of my favorite things in Metroid: are the escape sequences. But I love like the escape sequences that aren't at the end of the game. So like you know, Metroid Prime, you have the the friggin' Orphean escape sequence, which is right at the beginning. And this isn't that right at the beginning, but it's still pretty early in the game. And I thought I was hoping we would get maybe one more of these sequences before the the actual end escape, because the end escape, obviously, with the watermelon suit isn't really, you know, as um, tense, I guess. It's more so like you're blasting your way out and, and there really shouldn't be any uh, thought of whether or not you're going to make it. This one, it's like still pretty early. You don't have all your abilities. So you're, you're kind of roughing it, and I love the timing of it. It was a really awesome sequence. I love these kind of, like, environmental shifts, and it makes the, you know, the gameplay feel more diverse because it involves, you know, again, that higher movement and a little bit more platforming while you're shooting your way out. It's not, you know, it forces some tension onto you, which is really cool. And, yeah, I thought it was overall a, you know, a really effective gameplay moment, a really awesome story moment, and just felt like a lot of fun and stuck out to me. Uh, immediately it was one of my favorite moments of the game so yeah I, this is definitely a big highlight for me the, the thermal room escape hey metroid yeah. other m this is how you do a hell run uh you know what i'm gonna build on what you said because when you get to and this wasn't on my list but i really like this mechanic in metroid dread but when you get to arteria again and you're and you're about to do that sequence um, you get there because you've taken the red teleport station. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the way that this game uses the teleport stations is actually like really it's like really well done because like you you can get to all the the teleport stations and they take you to kind of where you need to be, but then later in the game you can also just use them as you would imagine that you would use a teleport station just to get around the planet a little bit more. I thought that this really helped with um like the pacing of the game it, it forced you didn't force you but like you never really get too too lost when using these 
teleport stations. So I, I don't really hear a lot of people talk about it. Maybe it's not really a big thing, but I thought that they were uh, done really well and, and added, you know, to the overall structure of the game in a, in a really positive way. Actually, yeah, I'll go I'll go off that as, like, a favorite moment in the game where I, like, actually popped off. Because one of my biggest fears... I don't, I don't, I don't want to say fear, that's a bit hyperbolic, but one of my... Something, something that I was curious about after Samus Returns is whether or not it was going to follow that same progression structure where it was basically level 1, level 2, level 3, where you could complete the game without backtracking to a single area, or if it was going to be that old school kind of Metroid progression where you're going from one area to a next area to another area, and then going back to another area, and then going to a new area, and then going back to the first area, etc., etc. And... At, fir at first, Dread, it seemed to be progressing in that level 1, 2, 3 section, but then after you hit Daron, you have to go back to Cataris, and then you're in Cataris for a bit, and then you have to go back to Artaria, and that really hyped me up, because it was that moment where I realized, oh my gosh, this is classic Metroid yes, progression. Yes, backtracking. You just popped yeah, exactly. off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, un that, but unironically. Yeah. Like, literally. I was I was popping off. <laughs> I was like, yo, I get to go back. I get. To, I have to go back to the beginning. Let's go. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. And it's done, and you brought this up, Andy, with the teleporters. It's done in such an intuitive way this time to where the game, if you're taking the intended path, obviously you can go off the beaten path if you want. There's a bunch of sequence-breaking opportunities, both intentional and and unintentional, but if you're going the the quote-unquote intended path, you will naturally stumble upon the right way to go, and it'll happen to take you in the right direction, and so it still feels like you're getting lost in exploring, where, whereas actually there's this really subtle hand guiding you the way, probably um, not, not in a perfect way, but I, in my opinion, I think the best the series has done up to this point, at least in the 2D entries. I would agree with that. I mean, I think Samus Returns and, like, AM2R have that kind of unique challenge in, in terms of, like, all the areas kind of feeling like levels just based on the structure of those games. But uh, it, it definitely was nice to see, like, the, you know, you call it backtracking, and I guess, you know, obviously that's what it is, but it's it's not, like, backtracking in a sense of, like, it's inconvenient. Like, you still, you have purpose and reason to go there, right? Which is why I, like... To me, like the world is just a big puzzle, and you can slowly unlock different uh, different parts of it and peel back the layers. So, like that part is always really satisfying to me. And like, man, when you go back to Arteria the third time, like after uh, after you get the speed booster, you could just like go like bam, 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 bam. You you can get like I want to say ten missile expansions like right in a row. Like that is always incredibly satisfying to me. Um, so yeah, I, I like that part as well about Metro Dread. Nice to see that it kind of. You know, it's a Metroidvania, and it's unapologetic about being a Metroidvania. But uh, at the same time, it's not like this is a Metroidvania where I don't think that a lot of people will ever feel too terribly lost. Because it does have that really well-structured system to pace players and to navigate them and, and give them clues as to where they need to go. So, kind of the best of both worlds. Well, I don't know about also, David Jaffe, but otherwise I would agree. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very true. Um, also, I want to chime in here because you happen to bring these up and I wasn't expecting to talk about them today. But today I also learned that those teleporters are called teleportals. And oh, that's right. They're called yeah. teleportals. And that name is so far the most memorable name that I've encountered in Metroid Dread. I will not forget that those are called teleportals. Whereas I've already forgotten Raisin Beak's real name. 
or Can what the story? water place is called. I would love to hear a funny story from you. So I'm I'm sitting down. I'm I'm with my <laughs> no wife, way. and I'm okay. uh, and I'm going off about all the areas in Metro Dread, and I'm like, all right, uh, Frenia, Kataris, Brenia, Arteria. And my wife just like pops up. She's like Spateria. It starts laughing her ass off. This, 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 it this might as well be thing. called that. <laughs> so there's like a DLC area in this game. We got a petition to have it named Spateria because that would be badass. That's the uh, that's the upper right hand corner area that everyone yeah. uh, everyone's speculating Spateria about. Is coming. Yeah, that's the DLC. Um, we all right, want. well let's let's talk about actually before we get there, let's talk about uh, one thing on your list, Dak. And uh, you know what? It's probably one of the highlights of the game as well for me. But that is the Frozen Arteria section, speaking of. Um, this is a great sequence. We've talked about it before in our Mapping Metroid episode where we covered Arteria, but worth repeating here how, like, it was um, it was very Metroid Fusion-like in that you have a direct goal and a direct path. But I think combined with the more, let's say, Super Metroid-esque, you know, uh, revisiting style of map, I-, I thought that this was... I thought it worked really well and, and was, like, a nice... Uh, change of pace i guess if you will yeah that's that's 100 percent agree to what you pointed out how it's very fusion like obviously you know fusion had its own like kind of frozen area like many video games do but you know the actual connection there is like you said the okay you're kind of you're in the middle of something but now you have to deal with this and you don't have a choice so like in fusion that happened you know the elevators would go offline you got to cut through the you know the the choked back like behind the wall interior areas that are being choked by vegetation doesn't matter what you're working on you got to go take care of this right now same thing another reason why i love the the thermal room escape that i mentioned earlier again from artaria great great location bad name great location and that that's a a sequence where it doesn't matter what you're doing you got to handle this right now you got to you got to adapt and this was another great example of this. It was a great kind of rendition of bringing back a kind of frozen area, but it also tied into the story because you're, you know, dealing with the actual heating and cooling of the planet already, and you end up having to get that, you know, the 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 temperatures balance once more. I just love this. It's, again, changes up the gameplay, changes up the environment. It's a callback to not just like, you know, look-wise to maybe a previous area in Fusion, but thematically how it's implemented feels very Fusion-like. But you're right. It also has those kind of super elements and still gives you that sense of, all right, I'm, I'm meant to come back here anyway and still explore a little bit as well and not just take care of an objective. So it's a mix of those both of those two things. I also remember the music be, at this point being pretty solid. You know, it's the kind of... Uh, classic kind of this area's frozen music from what i remember but uh you know it's no frangiana drifts but or frangiana drifts depths but it is still pretty awesome uh overall this is again one of those things i love about this game where it, it doesn't uh hesitate to change things up and makes you know make the gameplay feel different or the areas feel different uh literally literally or figuratively so yeah this is one of my favorite areas i love this and arteria is is Stealing the show for locations, I would say, <laughs> overall. Yeah, we should do like a mapping Metroid episode. We should. On we should. We should talk about it in depth. That's a good idea. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. We should travel back in time and let our past selves know so they can do an episode on that. I would. Uh, you know, I would actually love to. I've been exploring Brenia a lot lately, and I think that that is an underrated area. That's the, the uh, rainy Metroid one, right? Area. That's the water yeah. one. Yeah. Water one. All right. Yeah, that's uh, the Camino level. 
the uh, the yes, area okay. where you are forced to traverse without the gravity suit. And oh. The environment is as much of a hazard as the enemies. Oh my god, Very I underrated. love that. I love traversing the water without a gravity suit. That's on my list. Yeah, I know you do. By the way, um, well, let me tell you what's on my list here, and I'm just gonna go full bore into like the big story moments here because I think that these were like super awesome. But like, you know, we've been talking for for almost 50 minutes, and we haven't brought up the Metroid suit yet. So I mean, that that was just an absolute 100% awesome pop off my seat moment in Metroid Dread when Samus finally, you know, I think by that point in the game, you kind of had an idea what was going on. Like you'd seen in the trailers that Samus's hand was doing something funky, which by the way, Link's hand is doing something funny in Breath of the Wild too. So it seems like they got that in common. Link's a Metroid. But, uh, oh yeah. yeah. So, Crossover uh, You know, really, really quick plug here actually. That's, I think a lot of that's actually based off Princess Mononoke. We're going to be diving into that show for uh, the Champions cast in the next couple that weeks. Show? So if that strikes your fancy. There's a, or, there's well, a movie. There's I'm a sorry, TV. Movie. All right, I was yeah. going to say, I didn't know there was a TV movie, show. I'm sorry. This guy. Um, but anyways, so yeah, Samus's hand is doing all this crazy stuff, and then, of course, the Metroid in her just, like, fully, you know, fully breaks out at this point. I guess with the, with the Emmy beforehand, the orange Emmy, she had kind of demonstrated the ability to suck the life out of things like a Metroid would, but, man, when she goes full Metroid and that suit comes on... Oh my god, that is so awesome. It was such a wicked moment. That suit looks spectacular. The hyperbeam is cool. Uh, just an incredibly cool sequence. And like, man, for... Uh, I'm sure that there was fan art of Samus as a Metroid somewhere in the world before this game actually came out. And I'm sure that there was probably a lot of it after Metroid Fusion. But it just made so much sense with the Metroid DNA inside of her. And just... Oh, dude, it was, it was so awesome and you know some people i think were kind of negative on it but uh not me i was couldn't just like this be, couldn't cool. be me no it's such way. a sick suit design it's, it's fan <laughs> it's, it's awesome. fan service it serves the plot it's it's just i don't it's think it's so fan good. service i think that's a, a a natural kind of progression like you were saying i mean it's i mean i mean in that way, is any cool suit that Samus has fan service? I don't really think so. I think yeah, well yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, you know, overall, I think the suit. Not, I mean, it looks awesome. It makes sense in terms of the story. And I honestly even want to point out the first time that Samus does do the like the siphon like a Metroid does. That was a pop off moment for me because that was badass. That was awesome. And I was like, oh, that's such a that's that's the role reversal a little bit more because I mean, even though Samus has been able to, I guess technically absorb things like how she did it like physically like putting her hand on it and just like sucking it out like space jam style like that was sick and then you have this suit i mean the only thing that really sucks for me is is that we it, it lasts for too short i really wish that she kept it at the end of the game and i'm like okay she still has it going to the next one but i i think i have to pass on my dream of samus starting another game with that kind of continuity or like being fully powered it's just not going to happen they don't want it to happen it's not going to happen the universe doesn't want it to happen so I guess her not keeping that suit to the end of the game makes sense, but I wish she was still holding on to it. I wish she didn't lose it. Like I wish she had it longer than that five-second sequence. But yeah, it's such a sick suit design. It's so I don't. It's like it's uh, there's. I'm sure there are words for it that Numenol is waiting to use. <laughs> but it it's such an awesome suit design, and it's it's such a departure from most of her suit designs i guess it's closer maybe more to what we get in like prime 2 it's still it's it's absolutely crazy it's like eldrick it's so visceral it's awesome it's such an awesome looking suit 
and it has a so, funny meme name in the watermelon suit, which I think works really well. So, yeah, that actually that I believe that used to be the name of the uh, the fusion various suit, but then it got renamed to clown vomit in the community, which is oh, the Nashville disgrace. Predators third jersey. Yes, that's the uh, <laughs> the the clown the clown vomit suit in uh, in yes. fusion is beautiful. Shout out to uh, my boy Quest. He understands and Torvis as well. The uh, for the true fusion suit supporters. Um, but yeah, so so everyone everyone knows my unpopular opinion. I'm not a fan of the Metroid suit design in this game. I actually think each suit. I, I actually gra- didn't know that. Oh yeah, what? I thought you were. A fan. I, actually, I thought you were a fan. Oh. I guess I had a whole intro saying you were going to even talk about it more than I was going to talk about. Oh, it. I, I thought you were memeing. Sorry. Uh, no, no, I, I, I actually was th- I I think actually I think each suit looks progressively worse as you get them. I like, but I I think I don't think. I don't. I don't think any of them look bad. It's just like I don't think they even stack up to that base power suit design. But what I will say about the Metroid suit is I think it looks absolutely sick in the um, in the concept art. But there's something about it in the game that just doesn't work for me. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I I think for me it's that I don't like Samus's suit being 100% organic at least for a full game. And so I was kind of happy to see it see it come off i like i like when it's when it's all mechanical looking or when it's kind of a hybrid of the two but i don't know there's something about it being fully organic that for samus herself just doesn't jive with me that seems like more of a dark samus thing not a spider-man 3 fan over here <laughs> who is a spider-man 3 fan to be fair? <laughs> I, I, spider-man I, 3 is wonderful um, I, for the that, memes. i think that's the worst movie ever made I've no you can't no the se- watching a movie you like the prequels which are as just as mimi as Spider-Man Three, Spider-Man Three has given us no, so much cult- culture. Andy, I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. You could try. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought that was a lead up into something. Yeah. Oh no, that was a Spider-Man. <laughs> it was a Spider-Man Three reference. Oh. Um, I thought. You no, it was making a Spider-Man Three joke. <laughs> There you go. Spider-Man See, 3 brought the theater to a grinding halt and it brought our show to a grinding See, halt as well. So that's the problem is you're trying to make Spider-Man an 3. obscure reference. We I only know the dance and the little scene with MJ where he dumps it. Uh, <laughs> Join you, you our Discord, gotta, by the way, and you can get in on these conversations. Uh, I gotta get about, you all on the board uh, McGuire man's conversation today. I'm surprised Let's, you don't uh, like it, doing the suit. Going back to the suit, I'm sorry, but I'm surprised you yeah, don't like it. I was gonna say, like, what's, what is wrong with yeah. you? That's, a, that's such an awesome suit. And like, I'm, uh, yeah, I was let down too because I needed some of your, your awesome vocabulary. And do you I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought, so here's the thing. I the came up one And like the context, the, the context of the suit in that moment was really cool, but just the as the design just on its own not a fan i don't know what to see, say see i'm going to flip it but on again you. Oh, but ahead. again in the concept art in the concept art it looks rad as hell and there's some really cool fan made amiibo of that suit and it looks awesome in there but there's something about it in the game that just doesn't mesh with me and Ooh. i'm and i'm not a visual artist so i don't know quite what it is other than i think the organic thing that i mentioned earlier yeah see i'm going to wow. i'm going to flip it around and say that i actually did not like the this I not didn't like but I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the other suits in this game. I I mean I miss the original fusion suit but like the new suit like it's cool looking but it didn't it didn't totally win me over. It really didn't. I, the color scheme didn't totally win me over. I was kind of hoping it would be more fusion suity and it it doesn't really feel that way. Uh the various suit not the biggest fan of that look either. I think the gravity suit looks cool though. Um, and, and like, see, I like the gravity suit the least. The gravity the suit looks dope. I think the gravity suit probably looks the best 
aside from okay. the watermelon suit. So I know we're we're all over the place here, but hey, yeah, hey, conflicting that's, okay. that's 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 entertainment right there. Conflicting that, opinions that makes good podcast. Makes too, good podcast. Uh, but yeah, I like the watermelon suit. I was surprised you didn't like it, dude. But I will say, I I'm personally a big fan of when they let Samus's suit maybe not just organic, but get a little more abstract. Like some of my favorite suits are, you know, from the Prime games from Fusion, where it's not just okay, she's wearing a mechanical suit. It's like, oh, it's um, a different kind of technology makes it look really different. Looks and make, makes it look really kind of alien, or it is literally organic and kind of morphs with her and whatnot. That the kind of in between didn't really do it too much for me, and I personally didn't like how they like didn't at all show why the suit was different. They're just like, oh yeah, it's different. It changed off screen. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, I guess. Like, what happened to the the arm blades? Read, read the read the dread report to find. I'm not. Out. <laughs> yeah, read the dread report. At least put the dread report in the game. You know, like have it be a scrolling text or something. Like, come on, I shouldn't have to go on the internet to you know. I sh- just like I shouldn't have had to go to like uh, like a Fortnite event to find out Palpatine was coming back to the new Star Wars movie. That was a real thing that they actually did. So, uh, why did you have to remind me about that? <laughs> so stuff like that? Yeah, I know. You guys say the prequels of. are bad. Jeez. Well, the prequels. Yeah, hey, I'm hey, gonna, you know his what? words, not mine. Hey, the, uh, episode three is not bad. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make an executive decision here. We're gonna save part two of our conversation for next week, and I am going to bring you my last moment. It was my number one pop off moment from this game. I was like, just. I remember fist pumping when this happened. You guys, I'm sure you guys know what it is. But, man, when Quiet Robe is kind of telling Samus about uh, Ravenbeak's plan and he unlocks the room in Berenia and Samus just looks at him and, like, says in Chozo, like, I'll finish this. And that was so awesome. And, like, I, I don't know why it was as awesome as it was, but, like, I just know that I stood up and cheered. Maybe it was because, Cried. you know, maybe it was because Samus is talking in Chozo uh, maybe it was because it was just a different voice coming out of Samus after really the only voice chat or the voice chat, voice the only voice chat. that we'd heard out of Samus being in like Metroid Other M. Um, it was just a cool scene that I really liked. I, you know, I love the, the quiet robe scene. Um, I think that that's a good piece of storytelling, but I don't know. It's something about just seeing her with that quiet resolve, uh, just saying like, I'll end this is so, or I'll finish it or whatever she says. It's so awesome. And I was like, this is like, this is the Samus I love. This is the Samus I want. Who's just like, you know what? Uh, no matter what the danger, no matter what it takes, Raven Beak is going down. So this was like such an awesome, awesome scene for me. I popped so hard when Samus spoke in Chozo. Uh, fantastic scene. I, I loved it. Yeah. So uh... I am dumb. And I thought that that was an off-screen character the first time I played. Oh, yeah, I remember when you said this. And so <laughs> I literally had no reaction to the scene. I was just kind of confused. Like, wait, who, like, wait, wait, who was that? Is there, like, a radio in the background? Like, what's going on? Uh, and it's and it's literally just me. It's literally just me. I am I am the dumb one here. <laughs> what? <'Cause>, no, <laughs> yeah, well, no, 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 because literally, so my friend, so uh, my, my friend uh, Andy, shout, shout out to, uh, to uh, not, not Andy on the podcast, different Andy, who I know IRL. But he um he's only played uh, Zero Mission and Dread, and when he was playing Dread, I was actually watching him at his playthrough, and during that cutscene, he was like, "Oh, oh, she talks," and I'm like, "Wow, okay, it's 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 just me. I'm just I'm just dumb. I, I'm just not able to catch very um obvious uh obvious cues like that." But uh, so yeah, I didn't get to have that pop off moment, but it was quite a revelation when I was talking to other people 
And then they uh, told me about that. And I was like, wait, wait, she t- wait, are you talking about the end of the game where she yells? And they're like, no, 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 the the, the Jozo cutscene. Like, what are, oh what are you talking God. about? How did you miss that? And I'm oh. Like, and, I re- and I rewatched it. And I'm like, yeah, how did I miss that? <laughs> I, now that you mentioned that, that moment where she's yelling at the end, that was actually really hype. That was one of my favorite moments. Yeah, that was pretty I would, I think the that meme, I like The more. memes for that scene are also top yeah. tier, especially like the, the Doom music overlaid on that. Like, yeah, I, I, was... I think that I like more than any of her stuff actually with the with um quiet robe that's his name right yeah yes there um, you go i mean the, i will say the i'll finish this point i mean what else can you say right there like you gotta get the job done so that, that i was i liked i think overall her interaction with the chozo was actually uh undercooked for me um but that moment was cool but i liked more her like just like yelling i did think it was also kind of funny but <laughs> i don't know why just some of the stuff in this game that meant to be serious made me laugh and, uh, but that was really hype. And I, I did like that. She was talking in shows. That was pretty cool. But yeah, that's, that's a moment in, in, maybe in another Metroid game that we won't speak of where like Samus would have said some, like, I don't know, some dumb line or something. Like, I don't know. She would have said, she would like, she would have like thumbs down or something. She would have done something stupid. And in this game, she just like, is like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take care of it. I'm like yeah, good. No, like you. No, got if it was other M, it would have set off like another ten minute. Uh, yeah, she would like monologue, monologue or something. <laughs> yeah, or something. I'm like, she, like she's just like, yeah, I got it. Like I'm, I got. What you. Quiet Rope told me. It yeah. Oh my me god. Adam. <laughs> it's almost too all easy. Right, all right. Nobody wants other to hear M anybody too. beat up on other M. Let's um, go. Yeah. No. No. I. I agree. I think that was a cool moment. I did like her yelling a little bit more and uh, this a little bit more than her initial interaction with Quiet Rope, which I felt was a bit underwhelming considering the gravity of the situation but that was an awesome very well like timed moment and well executed very simple like doesn't need to say anything else even like a nod would have been enough but i think just be like i'll finish this like word awesome let's do it and as the player like yeah i'm gonna finish this let's go sam is gonna take care of it and that's that's the character that sam is she takes care of things she gets stuff done so that was perfectly in line with uh with the the character we've now come to fall in love with again so yeah, hundred percent. I'm. I'm. That's up there for me too. All right. I was expecting some pushback on that scene. Actually, I know you're not like the biggest fan of that scene, but yeah, that I just thought that that was like such an incredible, incredible scene. Um, saying saying a lot without really having to say much. Mm-hmm. So I I think that that's a virtue and that they they got it right with uh with Samus in that scene. And, and man, it was just cool to hear like the Chozo language coming out of Samus's mouth. That was cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh. That was the rest of my kind of favorite moments for Metro Dread. I mean, I have so many that it would be, you know, we could we could go on for another hour. Um, I know that you had a bunch of boss fights uh, that were that were on your list, Dak. I mean, I think like you could say almost every boss fight in this game yeah. is like a highlight. Uh, you know, you really, you know, we did the boss ranking a few weeks back, and even the worst one was like still pretty fun. You know, I think our my worst one was um, Eskew, which had the Core X pop up, mm-hmm. which as we talked about was like an incredibly hype moment so like even the even the quote-unquote bad ones are still pretty awesome absolutely yeah i mean this game as we've said so many times is one of the best boss and enemy wise like and it's such an awesome evolution from samus returns which didn't have that diversity like this game has it in spades yeah i have a couple mentioned in my list so i won't go through all of them i do want to mention the experiment z57 fight because it was just awesome you know and necessary setup and payoff like they had they teased the the character in the background for a little bit and then you finally get to fight them and it was an awesome character design and such a sick fight 
So, yeah, the Experiment Z57 was cool. But actually, I might even think my favorite all-time moment, maybe other than the Corex or the X showing up, because this is hard to really decide what my all-time, like, my favorite favorite moment is, but the first twin robot Chozo, the first twin robot Chozo soldiers fight. Wow. Uh, the first time you fight those twin robot Chozo soldiers, I specifically remember popping off because I was having so much fun with that fight, and you're just flash I saw that on stream. Yeah, like, it was so sick. I was like... I felt it in my in my heart right there. That was gaming. Like that was so much fun. Just flash shifting, like running around, like trying to get a couple shots in. Like that was pure run and gun gameplay right there. And I'm just flash shifting all over the place, getting shots off. And it's it, the music was sick. It was an awesome arena to fight them in. Like that that was one of my favorite Metroid moments I think of all time. I had so much fun with that, and it just it stuck with me ever since. I think that might have been like my favorite boss fight overall, just because. It was like, yeah, like, let's throw two of these guys at her. And the first fight, you know, the first Robot Chozo fight was still, I remember, being, uh, you know, I needed to handle that one. That was a lot of fun, too. And then the, the next one, just like, all right, you got two of them. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Like, they're just, they're chasing me down so hard. It was like, ah, oh, I, I I absolutely love that. I had to write that down because it was just, it wasn't like a story moment necessarily or like the final boss. It was just such a really, really good boss fight in the game itself that just spoke for itself they just added more they're like you like this boss fight here it is again but two times the boss and i'm like mm, perfect love that so yeah i couldn't not mention that that was one of my favorite moments in metroid period i guess if you're going to shout out uh those boss fights i'll have to shout out raven because i still think that is mm -hmm. one of the best boss fights in like the entire series to this date i think it's up there with quadraxis and am to our queen and um, just an absolutely incredible boss fight that just would not be possible in a previous 2D Metroid game. Um, boss theme aside, like I don't even I don't even care if the theme doesn't work for me. The actual fight itself is so visceral and cool, and there's just so much fun uh, tech to do, especially the um, the dash counter um, the dash counter dodge you can do when he does the uh, the beam burst at you to where he'll um, aim just above your head. Stuff like that. Just I love doing that. Yep. Yep. That's. Uh... You know, as we talked about, that's that's a highlight, I think, of just Metroid in general, that Ravenbeak boss fight. Uh, the cutscene was awesome, but that boss fight is also incredible. Um, there was a lot of incredible moments in this game, I feel like. Uh, you know, I feel like we've only kind of scratched the surface, and, like, if we really got into the nitty-gritty about some of the gameplay specifics, we, like I said, we could probably go on for a lot longer, but we are, we're going to cut it off there, and we will come back next week with our um, original, we were going to bookend this show, with uh, some theories about what might Metroid Dread have looked like if it launched on the the DS and how the Metroid series might have might have uh, changed course, but uh, we'll save that for next week because actually I think that that maybe is a conversation that you know we could have for for a little bit of time too. Because thinking about that, it, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that could have went, so I'm excited to talk about that. And by God, I'm excited that we are entering another year of the Omega Metroid podcast. So this was uh, this was a lot of fun. It was a nice positive show to get the year kicked off right. Uh, I had a good time with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. Hanging with the boys, with the homies. Absolutely. Yeah, loved it. And It's a good year to be a Metroid fan. It is. All right. It's a good decade to Metroid be a Metroid Metroid Prime fan. Returns. That's coming. Uh, Star Wars prequels are sweet. Uh, what else? Uh, Spateria for Metroid Dread. Um... Let's keep it go. Avril Lavigne, dude. I, I was, dude, I was, I was again. Oh, I was yeah. thinking about the CDs, and I, I want to find my my load and reload 
CDs because I listen to those all the yeah. time, bro. I love I love Fuel so good. Um, okay. All anyway, right. I just I thought about that. That and Good Charlotte. I think it was my first CDs I had was the the oh, first Good man. Charlotte good album. Charlotte. Yeah. What? Well, no, I Good Charlotte's I great. Oh, you hater. No. Um, all right. Well, we are going to uh, go ahead and get out of here, but uh, we want to you know we want to uh, encourage you guys to check us out over on Twitter. We are at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Dak is at Dak City underscore and Doom is at Doominal Cross. And uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts too. Like and subscribe. Tell that Metroid fan in your life where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. And uh, man, the possibilities that this year has are exciting and seemingly endless. We've got Metroid Prime rumors. We've got maybe Game Boy Advance games coming to Switch. We've got Metroid Prime 4 lurking on the horizon so it's going to be a fun year with lots to talk about and uh we're going to be here with you guys for the whole ride so until next week everybody take care